as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgave our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Well, a very good evening to everyone. How are we? With us tonight is also Father Isaac and uh, our beloved deacons. I'd like to welcome you all for another Bible preach. I always look forward to Fridays because Friday is a time where, where a, uh, a father meets his children and there is no greater joy uh, for a parent uh, to be with his own children. So to me, you are my, my children in Christ. And uh, I thank the Lord Jesus for every single one of you. And I pray that you are always in good health and good spirit close to the Lord, regardless what is happening out there and what's happening in your, in your life. But Jesus Christ is above and beyond um, every situation and every obstacle and every tribulation that we encounter because simply He is God and His nature is beyond anyone's comprehension. That's why we need to just trust in Him, accept Him, and believe that He is the Almighty God in the flesh that can do anything and everything beyond any measures. Amen. Amen. Any new faces for the first time? A show of hands. New faces, first time? First time, first time. Don't be embarrassed. First time, yes. And our video man is a first time or two. Uh, peop our video man never, you don't see his face in these lectures because he's behind the camera. But can you put your hands together for Giliana, please? 
Now the word Giliana, literally, literal translation, is, means revelation. And the book of Revelation in Arab language is called Giliana Diochanan, the revelation of John. All right, tonight we chose a topic and it's from the book of Psalms. Specifically, it is uh, Psalm 85. And we're going to be reading four verses from the Psalm 85, which is verse 1, 2, 3, and then we will jump to verse 10 because uh, they are connected together. And we won't have the time to go through every single verse, so we thought we'd choose these specific verses for tonight's topic. Um, Psalm 85, verses 1 to 3 and verse 10, let us see what King David is telling us this evening. Lord, you have been favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people. You have covered all their sin. You have taken away all your wrath. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. And then verse 10, mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. And glory be to our Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. The book of Psalms, which is referred to King David, by the way, not every psalm is written by King David. Specifically, Psalm 85 is written by the sons of Korah. So it is a book that is, or, or a psalm that is not written by King David. But the majority of the psalms are referred to King David. The psalms are written in a poetic format where um, there is a lot of contemplation when you approach the book of Psalms, the most adequate way to really explain it and have a commentary on it is in a contemplative way because it is written in a poetic way. It's, uh, it's like a hymn. You can sing it. And actually a lot of religious songs are actually sang from the book of Psalms. Lord, you have been favorable to your land. Tonight we're going to talk about what the Lord has really done to make the land favorable. What the Lord has really done to make the land favorable. When we read in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1, the Lord God created two circles in the very beginning. One circle He called it the heavens, and the other circle He called it the earth. In the beginning, Elohim, which is the appropriate translation to the name of God. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. That's the original text. Now in Hebrew, in the beginning, it was not God that created the heavens and the earth, but it was Elohim or Aluhim, more in Aramaic or Syriac. So in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. These are the two circles. One is heaven and the other one was the earth. Now let's come to the heaven and see what God has actually spoke about, about the heaven. Or if we can say, what is the difference between the heaven and the earth? The Lord God said it. The difference between the heaven and the earth is, He said, just like the heaven is as far as the earth, so as my way of thinking to yours. Just like the heaven is so far from the earth, so as my way of thinking to yours. So the difference between the heaven and the earth, it is as far as possible as your imagination can think of 
you know, the heaven from the earth, very far. Then we come and ask the Lord God, what do you think of heaven? Job answers it in the book of Job 15, 15. In the book of Job 15, 15, the Lord God says, but I hold no trust in the holy angels. I hold no trust in the holy angels. And the heavens to me is not pure. I hold no trust in the holy angels. And the heavens to me is not pure. Now imagine this with me for a moment. If the heaven is extremely distant from earth. And the heaven is a place where there is brightness, light, holiness, perfection. God is saying, I don't trust my angels who cannot make mistakes. I don't trust them. They don't make mistakes, but I don't trust them. And the heaven that is so distant from the earth, I see it impure for a place to dwell in. Yet when he comes to the land, Job continues and says, How much more then... To the people of the earth, of the dirt, of the mud. Now, if God does not trust his angels who are spiritual, illuminative beings without errors, and the heaven is so pure, but he says to me, the heaven is not pure, and I can't trust the angels, but when it comes to the land, the land has been favored to me. Yet the land is full of dirt and filth. But he says, the land, Lord, you have been favorable to your land. Who is this land? By the way, we are the land. Where did we come from? Mother Earth and Mother Nature. So this land, which has been favored by God, is the human being. But is it every human being? No. Because the Bible says that every human being that came to the face of this land, this earth, has fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody has veered off the path and they fell short of the glory of God. No one, no one is good. There is no one good but God. But there is one land... There is one land that came at the, in the end of times. This land, when it surfaced up, he said, when this land appeared in your land, the land became favorable to me. And that land is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If we human beings are the land, then Jesus took up upon the human beings and became a man like us, as St. Paul mentions in his epistles to the Corinthians. Now, let's come to the land. By the way, this land was condemned by God twice. This land that is now favorable to God was condemned by God twice. One at the time of the great flood, and another time at the time of Sodom and Gomorrah. At the time of the great flood, what happened? Well, 
people were so distant from God, they were doing everything wrong under the sun. So the Lord God decided that He needs to cleanse the earth from all these wrongdoings. So He brought upon the land this great flood and flooded everything, except for some people, about eight people, that actually went into this ark, the ark of Noah, and eight people survived this great flood. The rest all drowned, whether it be humans, animals, birds, and plantations. The time came, Noah wanted to find out if the actual water had receded and the, earth, and the land had surfaced up. So he sort of had a sort of a conversation with his sons and his and daughters-in-laws and his wife. You always got to take your wife's opinion, you know, and you got to share things with her as well. So he said, you know what, we need to know if, there, if the water is still covering the whole land or there is some land, show, you know, surfacing up. So he said, you know, we need to send, to send a bird that cannot swim. We need to send a bird that cannot swim. So they decided, Noah decided to send the crow. You know, the black bird, the crow. So he sent the crow. The crow went, never came back. Now, they said, hang on a second. Has the crow found a dry land that he actually landed on? That's why he didn't come back. Maybe that's a sign. But then they thought harder about the case. And then they realized, maybe not. You know why? Because the crow, out of all the birds of the sky, that cannot eat a raw meat, like a fresh meat. The crow cannot eat a fresh meat. You know why? Because its beak is so, so fragile. If the crow tries to eat a fresh meat, the beak will snap. It will break. The only way the crow can eat a meat when the meat is rotted. When the meat is rotted. So the crow waits till the meat rots and becomes soft. And then he can eat that rotted meat. Well, what was after 40 days of great flood, great rain, you know, and the water's coming from above and from below, everybody drowned, you know, humans and animals. And after 40 days, what's going to happen to those corpses? They are going to rot away. So there was a lot of rotted meat floating on the surface of the waters. The crow saw that and he said, Yippee, here we come. This is my hometown, brother. I am finally home. He dwelt on that rotted place and never decided to go back to Mr. Noah. So they thought, ah, that's what the crow has found. Ladies and gentlemen, my beloved family, let's think of another birdie. We need to think of another bird that cannot swim and hates filthy, rotted things. And out of all the birds of the sky that cannot swim and hates filth is the dove. Is the dove. You put unclean water to, to the dove, the dove will never drink it. You put some food that has some mud in it or dirt on it, the dove will not eat it. The dove eats clean things and drinks pure water. So they decided to send the dove. The dove went, could not find a place to rest. 
The dove came back and sat at the window. He had like a bit of a bench, our beloved Noah, our saint Noah. He had a bit of a bench in front of that window. The, the little dove came after, after, you know, a while of flying everywhere without a place to rest. Poor thing, she was extremely exhausted. The wings can't carry her anymore. She needs to sit down somewhere. So she decided to go back to the ark. So she came and sat at that bench in front of the window. Can't move. And then the Bible says, Noah, he stretched his hand, his arm to the dove, and he grabbed her. Looks like she was so exhausted, she was just sitting there like a statue, saying to Noah, please grab me, take me inside. There is no rest out there except in the ark. The dove could not find any rest because it was all rotted corpuses, stinking smell, very ugly scene. But the dove found a place to rest. Many centuries later, when the land surfaced up from the waters, you know, at the time of Noah, the land was underwater. And centuries down the track, this land surfaced up out of the waters of the River Jordan, the land called Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He came out of the water. He went underwater. He was baptized by John the Baptist. He went underwater, just like the land at the time of Noah went underwater, was submerged underwater. So as this true land that came and was submerged underwater of the River Jordan, and as he came up out of the water, the dove finally said to Noah, I have found a place of rest. There was no place for me to rest except when this true land showed up at the River Jordan. And at the River Jordan, when the Lord Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, the heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus Christ of Nazareth as a dove. And that dove that Noah sent. So this dove, the Holy Spirit as a dove, descended on this true land and found rest on this land because the Holy Spirit, who is symbolized by this dove or represented by this dove, said, finally, I found a human being that is perfect, pure, like God. Every other land rotted. Every other land was drowned by the flood because every other land made a mistake and broke God's word. The only land that remained pure, remained holy, remained perfect and loyal to God was Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the dove descended and rested on Jesus forever. Forever. The land was condemned by God. He flooded it. And God is saying to all of us, the only time where the land, meaning you, the human being, you are the land, the only time when the land that is you is favorable to me when Jesus is you and you are no longer you. When Jesus becomes you, when Jesus becomes the true land that replaces the condemned land that brought God's word and brought the wrath of God upon it, the judgment of God. When Jesus appears in your life, when Jesus becomes your life, 
when Jesus overtakes your life, then, Lord, you have been favorable to your land because I am only favorable to the one that I cried out from heaven and said, Behold, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The only one I am favored by is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You know, we could sit and dwell on this forever. How can Jesus Christ be me? Or how can I inherit this land so that I am no longer under the condemnation, I am no longer under the wrath of God, I find favor in the eyes of God? How can I gain Jesus, my true land? How can I gain Him? My beloved, I want you to listen to this very carefully. There are two kinds of books. There are two kinds of books. One book is in your head. The intellectual book. The intellectual book. And the other book that is in his book called the Holy Bible. When you read the Holy Bible, you are reading the very thought of God. And St. Paul says, let the mind of God be in you, or the thought of God be in you. And the thought of God to be in you is when you read the Bible. You see, when you follow the book of your intellectual, what is in there? The intellectual book tells me and you that I, whatever I have obtained in this book, whatever I have gained in this book, comes, one, from the genes that I inherited from my parents. Hmm? What kind of genes my mom and dad had? I got some of those genes as well. And I obtained that knowledge from this book by what I have learned in life, by what kind of friends I had in life, what kind of upbringing I was brought up in my life, and what kind of things I have exposed myself to. I have gained this intellectual book, and if I follow this book, I cannot follow Jesus Christ. I tell you why. If you follow your own mind, if you follow what you have learned at school, if you follow what you have learned with your parents, if you follow what you have learned with your friends, if you follow what you have gained from the genes from your parents, and if you live your life in this manner, then this is what's going to happen. The next time, the next time somebody says some nasty words to you, you will open up your book and you want to see how to reply to these nasty words that you have just heard from someone. So when you read your own book, your own book is going to tell you, listen, no one is better than you. No one is higher than you. No one is more privileged and honored than you. If they told you one thing nasty, you know what? You give them back 101 more nasty things and show them who re they really are so that next time they don't cross the boundary, otherwise I will chop their head off. But if you open his book, and somebody just told you off, his book will say to you, if somebody has said a foul word to you, 
do not reply and keep your silence. Let the one who is just reply on your behalf. Let the one who is just, meaning God, reply on your behalf. You be silent and let God revenge for you. You go quiet and let God fight the good fight for you. Do not revenge for your own self. Let him do it for you because his way never fails. His way is pure, is holy, is perfect, and it is beautiful. But if we do it our way, we will cause more damage than anything else I can show you. They told me one thing, I'll tell them another, a hundred words, and before you know it and I know it, it has escalated, and we ended up either bashing each other or going to court about it. But if you leave it to the Lord, He will make sure you will get your rights without argument, without quarreling, and He can twist the arm and the ear of the, of the accuser and make them realize their mistakes and they will come running to you apologizing, my dear friend. Apologizing. You want to obtain the true land. You want to inherit the land so you can find favor in the eyes of God. Inherit Jesus Christ. To inherit Jesus Christ, inherit the way He thinks. That's why St. Paul, in his epistle to the Romans, chapter 12, he says, My brethren, I beg you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice acceptable to God, your intellectual worship. How? He says, do not be conformed to the world, but rather transformed by the renewal of your minds. Do not be conformed to the world, but rather transformed by the renewal of your minds. He says, do not be like the people of this world. Change. Be different. Don't say, so-and-so does this, I'm going to do the same. So-and-so dresses up in this way, I'm going to dress up the same. So-and-so lives in this way, I'm going to live like them. You are not them. You do not belong to them. You do not belong to the world. You belong to Jesus Christ, the only true land. Every other land is rotted away. Renew your mind. How can I change and become different to the world? I'm not going to go and do what others are doing out there in the streets. If they want to walk in this world's path, that's not mine. That is darkness. Mine is the true land, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. I belong where there is light, where there is purity, where there is holiness. How can I renew my mind so that I can be transformed of this world, St. Paul? He says the only way to renew your mind is focus on the word renew. Now the word renew is two in one. R-E, the prefix. Re, the prefix, meaning go back. Going back. R-E is the prefix, go back. The word new is not something brand new. No, the word new here means original. So renew means go back to your origin. Go back to the thing that is original. What is original? Only one thing, God and His Word. That's the only thing that is original. Because nothing came before Him. And nothing will ever come after Him. So you want to change? Go back to your origin. 
renew your mind what is in the mind words thoughts what how can i change my way of thinking when i replace my way of thinking with god's way of thinking and where is god's way of thinking the holy bible the more you read the bible the more you're going to think like christ and the more you think like christ the more you're going to behave like christ and act like christ because my beloved the very thing the very first thing that starts in us is an idea when the idea matures turns into a thought when the thought matures turns into a word when the word matures turns into an ideology when the ideology matures it turns into a philosophy when the philosophy matures it turns into a lifestyle the way you think is going to end you up with the way you live because what you think of is what you're going to do and what you believe in is what you're going to apply in your own life very simple you expose yourself to lies you will lie you expose yourself to impurities you will become impure you expose yourself to holiness the holiness will turn you into a holy person lord you have been favorable to your land yes i'm only favorable to my jesus whoever accepts jesus they find favor in my eyes the only one i am pleased with is my son and that's why john 3:16 the heart of the holy bible and so god loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life the center of the bible john 3:16 you see he came god loved the world god out of love created the world and he loved the world but when he came to give his son the son died for the whole world jesus with his precious blood he purchased every single human being from adam till the last person comes jesus died for the christians after him for the muslims for the buddhists for the for the hinduism shintoes is japanese for the hindus for the atheist jesus died for every human being but did the whole world survive was the whole world saved no because the verse says so that whoever believes in him shall not perish he died for the whole world but you are only saved when you believe in this salvation when you accept jesus christ as the only true savior of your life then you are saved and that's why the world is still in turmoil because not everybody in the world accepts jesus as lord and savior but those who accept him he guarantees you eternal life when you accept him what does the word mean accept meaning listening to what he says doing what he asks you to do and the lord said it to his disciples if you love me then you will do what i ask of you if you love me then you will do it is an absolute contradicting statement to say to someone i love you but i will never listen to you it just doesn't make sense does it how can you love someone 
and not do what they ask you to do. You see, love does wonders. So when you love someone, you will do what they ask you to do. Anyway, you have brought back the captivity of Jacob. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. He did not say Israel, but he mentioned Jacob precisely. Why? Because Jacob was the name prior to receiving the blessings from God, and Israel is the name after receiving the blessings from God. Who is Jacob? The son of Isaac. Who is Isaac? The son of Abraham. So Jacob is the grandson of our father Abraham. Jacob had 12 children. Those 12 children increased and became the 12 tribe of Israel. So out of Jacob, the Israelite nation came up. Now Jacob, his name, the name Jacob was prior to receiving the blessings. But after he received the blessings from God, he became Israel. Israel. Now, you have brought back the captivity of Jacob. What was the captivity of Jacob when the Lord God brought back the Israelites from Babylon? When they were taken captive to the land of Mesopotamia, Iraq, where I come from. So, when they were taken to the, in exile to Iraq, Mesopotamia, Babylon, when they were brought back out of that captivity, well, that's what the psalm is talking about. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. Jacob is the name prior to blessings. Israel is the name after blessings. Now, what is the blessings that Jacob received? You know what the problem with a lot of people, especially Christians, when we believe in God, our assumption and our sort of way of thinking about God, that God will give me everything I want. You know, it's a natural instinct that, you see, God is mighty, He is powerful. You know, whatever I ask Him, He's going to give me. So when things don't seem to be the way, I start questioning God, and not only question Him, but I go against Him. And I start arguing and then walking away from God. But you see, Jacob thought that when you're blessed by God, you're going to get something awesome. And that's why his brother Esau, it's not our topic, but you see, his brother Esau decided that he was going to kill his brother Jacob because Jacob stole the blessings from Esau through the teachings of his mom. Sometimes mothers teach the wrong things to their children. So mommy said to Jacob, mommy's boy, do a bit of a twister and get the blessings from your dad. So he gets the blessings. And then Esau said, since my brother stole the blessings from me in a sneaky way, I will kill him 100%. Anyway, one night, Jacob is fighting with this angel hmm? all night long. Now, when you read it in the Bible, this angel is apparently the Lord Jesus himself because... The word angel in the Greek language is angelos. Angelos means a messenger. In this particular understanding, Jesus is a messenger of God in this particular way because he was sent by God. He is God, but he's also sent by God. So in this particular understanding or interpretation, he is 
the angel of all ages. So our father Jacob is, is going into a boxing match with this angel all night long. He's saying to this angel who is Jesus Christ, he's saying, I want you to bless me. I want you to bless me. I want you to bless me. And then the angel saying, you know, forget about it, bro. You know, just leave me alone. I'm not going to bless you. He said, no, I will let, not let go of you, God, my angel, the angel of God. Uh, I will not let go of you until you bless me. And before dawn, before dawn is seen in the horizon, the angel turns to our father Jacob and he says, that's fine. Okay, I will bless you. Here is my blessing for you. He breaks his hip. The angel breaks Jacob's hip. He said, that's my blessing. Congratulations. He said, what? I have been fighting all night long till early morning. And I said, I'm not going to let go of you because you are the angel of God. You are Jesus Christ. You are my Lord and my Savior. I want you to bless me. And I am expecting something awesome. He said, well, this is the way I bless. When I bless, I break. I'm sure Jacob at the time got upset, got angry, got frustrated. And all of us are like Jacob, don't we? When we go and pray about something and we visit every single church in, in the entire Sydney region and we, we bring all the saints down, Saint Sharbal Allah Khalik and Saint, jo Saint George, and we ask all the saints just for one thing to happen in our life. And then at the end of all those prayers and fastings, we get totally opposite to what we asked. We get upset, angry, disappointed, questionable. Wow, where are you, God? What have I done to you? I've been a good girl. I've been a good boy. I've been going to church. I've been reading the Bible. I've been praying. I've been fasting. Is that what I get? You know what? Forget it. But God says, don't rush. Hold on for a sec. Hold on, Jacob. I'll show you what my blessing is all about in the morning. In the very morning, Esau arrives with 40 armed soldiers coming to kill his brother. And then when Esau sees his brother Jacob coming out of the tent, dragging himself with a broken hip, barely making it, you know, scraping the floor. He felt so sorry for his brother. And then Esau said, is this what the blessings of God does? I thought my brother was going to be like a king. I did not realize he was going to be brought down to the ground. He felt sorry. He cried for his brother. He came down off his horse. He went and hugged his brother and he said, brother, I'm sorry. You know what? May the blessings of God be your portion. I'm not going to harm you. I really feel sorry for you. The blessing of God saved Jacob's life. You see, if God had not broken Jacob's hip, he would have been killed in the morning, a few hours later. But you see, God knows what is best for you. That's why you need to trust Him when He does certain things that are out of the ordinary and are not according to what you have been wishing for and planning for. Don't ever get upset and angry with God because God who died for you can never come back and harm you. 
whatever he gives you rest assured it is for your own goodness rest assured you see my blessing for you Jacob I broke your hip but by breaking your hip I saved your life but you thought I was harsh I'm not a harsh master I love you to death I want you to be with me at the end and if it means by breaking you is going to bring you back to me and I'll break you then because what matters to me I'm your father and I want you to be with me as my child at the end and I'll do the impossible to bring you back to me even if it means I break your hip I will do it but you see we have certain ideas that we in, uh, expect and anticipate that God is going to do for us and when we get the total opposite we walk the opposite direction to God and that's where we make the mistake trust him no matter how painful the journey is trust him you will know later 100% why certain things happen to you you will know later you have forgiven by the way the blessings for the Christian world is baptism you see after baptism our names are changed you see Jacob received the blessing and his name was changed from Jacob to Israel Israel the children of God the family of God Israel El is God in Hebrew and Israel means family the children of God when did we become the children of God and the family of God through the holy baptism we were adopted to God as children through the holy baptism by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the only begotten Son of God in the holy baptism our name was changed every one of us has a name that is given to us by our own earthly parents and by the way God calls us by the name that our parents gave us so he respects your parents you should respect your parents too <laughs> you see whatever your parents call you God will call you by that name but there is another thing God came to give us a new birth from above like he said it to Simon Peter in Matthew 16 16 he said Simon you're born from earth I'm gonna give you a new birth born again is as the holy baptism I will give you birth from heaven your name will be called Peter no longer Simon but when we received Jesus Christ and when we were baptized in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit our name got changed from that earthly name to heavenly divine name all of us we were called Christians and all the followers of Jesus Christ were called Christians in Antioch for the first time book of Apostles book of Acts and all the followers of Jesus Christ were called Christians in Antioch for the first time isn't it amazing have you ever seen a Jewish person called Moses or if you want to call it Christ Christians what would Moses then be Mo Mosian has any Jewish person believed in Moses were called Moses has any Muslim believed in Muhammad called Mohammedan oh, they're Muslims they are Jewish but all of us who believed in Christ we were called Christians why because the Jews did not receive Moses the Muslims did not receive Muhammad 
we put on the Christ. Galatians 3.27, you who have been baptized into Christ have put on the Christ. Christ is totally different than anyone else. All the rest are human beings only. This guy is different. He's from above. He is the Almighty God. That's why we need to receive God in order to have a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of land, and a change of name. Now, the name is your identity.